Sports Beat AM on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT continues with more Notre Dame football conversation featuring Blue and Gold Illustrated writer Patrick Engel. It is 24 minutes in front of 9 o'clock. Darren Pritchett back with you. Sports Beat AM continues. And yes, indeed, I'm joined by Patrick Engel. You can read his work at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We're going to blend in some football talk with some more Blake Wesley conversation as we've talked about all morning. The South Bend Riley product and Notre Dame freshman guard has entered the NBA draft. Again, if he doesn't hire an agent, he could come back to Notre Dame by June the 1st. But in my opinion, reading his social media post, it sure seems like a final decision. But we will wait for his final decision, Notre Dame or his lifelong dream of playing in the NBA. Patrick Engel jumps in on the conversation. And Patrick, let me just start as you look over this situation, Blake Wesley going to the NBA draft. Why do you think it makes sense for him? Yeah, ultimately, first-round status is a fleeting and uh, a valuable thing that, you know, you, can, you can't really fault anybody for t- taking advantage of that and trying to you know, protect that investment, for lack of a better term. And even if, you know, you want to make the case that you shouldn't take him in the first round based on this season or kind of his ups and downs in ACC play and the NCAA tournament, that's fine. But this is that's kind of where he's been... Uh, projected here in a lot of these mock drafts and, and you know, where you see more draft analysts and, and, and uh, scouts and, and stuff have him in that area. And look, this is a, a high ceiling uh, guard that you're you're taking here. And that's going to be well, a lot of times worth a first round pick, especially a guy who's you know, right now yet to turn 20 years old. And, you know, that age and, and upside of it is, is a lot of what goes into these NBA draft decisions. And, you know, he can, he can definitely offer you that. And like you mentioned, nothing final. And, you know, if leaving the door open, you know, not a bad idea, just in case you go to the combine or work out for some teams and, you know, that first round likelihood isn't where you want it. But I think as you look at it right now, even with maybe the, the overall numbers that, don't blow you away in terms of shooting percentages. Uh, still a, a really intriguing athlete and an intriguing prospect uh, from, from an NBA perspective. So when you think you have that in the first round status, like I think is if you made me guess right now, if he stays in the draft, he's picking the first round, I'd, I'd say yes. I can't really fault anybody for wanting to, to take advantage of that and, and go chase that now. I know, Patrick, just getting some responses from Notre Dame fans over the last 18 hours or so, I think the common mention is, hey, good luck to him, but he just doesn't seem ready. And you do talk about 40% from the field, 30% from the three-point line, 65% from the free-throw line. That doesn't sound like a first-round player in the NBA draft. But from my standpoint, Patrick, what I'm trying to tell people is if he's taken – 
mid-late first round. Those are teams that aren't necessarily needing a guy to come in day one and produce, unlike a lottery pick like Jaden Ivey might be coming up here later on this summer. I think Wesley is being looked at as a developmental player with a high ceiling, so I think that's where it's tough for Irish fans to understand. They see a guy that was inconsistent at times putting the ball in the basket, but I think the NBA mindset is totally different. Absolutely, and, and you bring up a good point there, and, and I agree where you, the team that takes him, say, in the late teens or somewhere in the 20s isn't going to be the team that won 30 games and was never in playoff contention. It's going to throw him into, I don't know, 30 minutes a night or something and a starter or, or key bench role or anything. And, and maybe you, you do want to develop while playing in the games instead of, you know, behind the scenes and stuff. And, you know, it, a team that's more established with a uh, a more established rotation maybe won't be able to or it might be harder to, to fit him in there but yeah the, the ceiling is ultimately uh, what it is and I think I understand the sentiment of uh, how another year could have helped him because I certainly think it could I don't think it would have been a surprise at all where you know he goes the route that his good friend Jaden Ivey did where he comes back and you know all of a sudden you're looking at a surefire lottery pick just with another year of playing college basketball understanding it just being able to make more consistent decisions and improving shot selection. All of these things that Jaden Ivey was able to do this year to turn him into that. And certainly you, you look at Blake's athletic ability and burst and think that that kind of ceiling is is there for him. But like you mentioned, it's, it's not like this is a, you know, kind of a sink or swim uh, situation that, you know, he'd be going into uh, in a, with the team that takes him in say the 20s or the late teens that probably made the playoffs uh this year and it's it, not like you can't develop in the nba either or even in, in the g league if that's a route where you have to go initially to get some more playing time patrick engel covers notre dame football notre dame men's basketball for blue and gold illustrated blue of course wesley is the major news patrick but nate lashevsky is also going to test the nba waters how would you evaluate what lashevsky has to think about over the next couple of months. Yeah, ultimately, this is a guy who's already played four years of college, and you just might think, all right, it's time to move on and go be a pro. He's going to graduate this spring, and you know whether that's in the G League or the NBA, overseas, whatever it might be, I certainly think it's a wise move for him to go through the process, figure out what he learns, Figure out where the options are, whether that's, all right, is a fifth year at Notre Dame best, is uh, going in the grad transfer route for one other place uh, the best move, or is just, all right, let's, time to go get paid playing basketball. He's, yeah, already going to be, I believe, 22, and, you know, with a degree, just time to, to kind of do that. So all of those things kind of, uh, I think, what he's got to evaluate here. But, yeah, another big decision for Notre Dame as far as what he does, if they can get him back for that fifth year. I mean, this was a guy who made 53% of his threes in, in ACC play. That was the best in the conference. So, and it was their best uh, defensive rebounder. And even though, yes, Wesley is as much as things revolved around him and, and you think of all right, where he could have gone next year and kind of all the juice that he injected into not only the the, the team on the court, but the program. Like, Lachewski is still a meaningful piece for that. And, and one they'd still really like to have back. 
Yeah, you would have to imagine if it doesn't work out in the NBA for Nate and if he doesn't want to come back to Notre Dame, there's going to be a good contract for him in Europe. A 6'10 kid that can knock down three-pointers. The European teams love that type of American player. So as we move forward, Patrick, you would expect Goodwin and Ryan to be part of the team next year. For me, the question marks are Wurtz and Hub. As you hear those four names, what stands out to you as possible storylines coming up before we get to summer school? Yeah, those are four other big ones and, and other guys who have fifth-year decisions to make. I think the most likely would be Cormac Ryan to come back, a guy who already had eligibility for this year even before the COVID waiver. Uh, Prentice Hub kind of gave an, an indication that this was his his last year. I don't know that he explicitly like meant to come out and say that, but... I think that kind of lines up with maybe what's most likely there. Goodwin, Wirtz, yeah, those are two uh, big decisions for Notre Dame, uh, especially now with Wesley uh, in all, but uh, likely heading in, off to the NBA and staying in the draft. Uh, where Goodwin, yeah, it, look, I know it just kind of ended the year on a a little bit of a quieter note, but anytime you have a guy who shoots 45% on threes, and especially with the way Notre Dame wants to space the floor, that's a guy you take back in a minute. And then Wurtz, definitely the seventh man in the, in the seven-man rotation, but I uh, honestly thought he gave him some good minutes in the, the game against Texas Tech and uh, a guy who can play on or off the ball that'd still be uh, a useful you know bench guard, combo guard to have there. And again, with one of those main guys in, in Wesley and potentially still Hub uh, heading out, you, you, know, you can't have too many ball handlers out there. So all four of them, if they wanted to come back, uh, I'd see... No real way Notre Dame uh, turns any of them away, but I I don't believe all four will be be back and playing for Notre Dame next year. Patrick, one more basketball question. You would imagine in the rotation next year, Knezny moves up. You got J.J. Starling coming in, the outstanding guard. The one guy I'm curious about, do you know much about Van Allen Lubin? You look at him, a 6'8 forward, a a four-star with Paul Atkinson. Moving on to pro basketball, is there a chance that Van Allen Lumen could eat up some of those minutes lost with Atkinson moving on? I don't know that he's necessarily a true five and a five only like Atkinson was. I think he can certainly play that spot. I think you can put him out there in the four. A guy who's been able to, to shoot it a little bit and, and stretch the floor. But yeah, I think that kind of smaller lineup with him at the five is something you definitely see provided that he's you know, kind of ready to go and ready to, to handle some kind of workload freshman year. He's going to be one of the more athletic uh, guys on the roster as soon as he steps on campus. A really impressive uh, leaper. Probably needs to put on a little bit of strength if he's going to, you know, battle down there in the post and, and, and be able to rebound as well as, as Atkinson or even uh, Leshevsky did. But yeah, really, really intriguing player that uh, you think of as having a, a pretty high ceiling. But and, and again, adding some athleticism mm-hmm. into the uh, the front front court that he'd be able to bring right away. So he's kind of a you know a, maybe not the number one thing to follow in uh, summer workouts. That'd be of course JJ Starling and uh, what he can bring and what he's going to be ready to do. But certainly Lubin being able to give you some minutes would be something that would I think really boost them and and bring some athleticism and and some uh, upside there to Notre Dame's front court. Patrick Engel. 
Blue and Gold Illustrated writer for Notre Dame football and Notre Dame men's basketball. Let's sneak in a couple of spring football questions. You had the chance to watch one of the open practices that the Irish had. I'm curious to see what you saw at the quarterback position with Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. Yeah, that's what everybody wants to see, right? But I, I thought it was a, an interesting look at both of them. I don't know that one has already started you know, blowing the other out of the water or anything like that, but I, I thought so far so good from uh, from Buckner. A lot of you know, patient throws and, and on-time, timely, accurate throws, and that's really what you want to see him progressing on is getting there as a passer and kind of going on a steady upward path, and, and really that was kind of be what swings this thing and you know if he's at the point in, in late August in fall camp where you're seeing dynamic flashes and consistency as a passer then I think you can start to really think of the ceiling for this season being pretty high but you know if it's still the maybe the inconsistencies and uh, what you saw in that game against Virginia Tech last year were it were a lot of good and a lot of not as good in the two and a half quarters he was out there as a passer uh, then you kind of worry about all right, how high can this offense go. But through one open practice, uh, I think so far the, the signs are good that he can get to the point of being a, a pretty reliable and, and potentially dynamic starter there. And, and Drew Pine, to his credit, isn't going to make this easier on him. I think he's uh, made a lot of strides just since, since coming here and, and certainly looks comfortable. He had a few... Uh, nice throws Saturday, uh, including one where he, a couple where he was able to extend the play and like we think of Buckner being able to do. But in the end, I still think for now and, and having seen Saturday's practice, this is going to be Buckner's job to lose. Let me sneak in, one more, sneak question. in one more question. Uh, Patrick, I'm wondering about Audric Estime, soon to be sophomore running back for this Fighting Irish football team. We saw him carry the football seven times last year, six against Georgia Tech, one carry against Oklahoma State. You look at him, he looks like a bruiser, but he actually brings a whole lot more to the table than that. How would you assess what he brings to this offense, and how important could he be to the 2022 Fighting Irish offense? If you made me rank, surprises or if maybe things you didn't necessarily expect to see from Saturday just from spring so far I think he might be toward if not at the top and I mean that in the sense of you look at him and think all right bruiser short yardage goal line run through a wall what have you but his agility and, and quickness was a lot more uh, impressive and, and easier to see than than I would have thought he Got involved as a receiver a lot during the, the scrimmage in the seven-on-seven seven portions we saw. Made a, a few guys miss in the open field. Uh, obviously still a powerful runner. Where he'll, uh, he will run through tackles and and will you know run up the gut and, and be able to get you every yard and, and churn for an extra half a yard in there. But the open field ability, I think, was maybe a little bit more than I expected and obviously in, in a good way. And what that does as far as helping him get in the rotation this year, uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs aren't going to go anywhere, but I think it's definitely more likely you see a at least a three-back rotation where the snap counts for the, the number three back are a lot more consistent than they were last year, where really, with the exception of a couple games, Notre Dame largely played two running backs and not in garbage time. But I think you'll see us maybe able to get involved in there and somewhere or another maybe that's just 
in the short yardage role, even if he's capable of more, just because they want to use Tyree and Diggs and in some of those you know other areas and as a receiver and in pass protection and what have you. But in terms of thinking what it means for Estimate maybe beyond this year and for however many years he's here, uh, just wanting to see this spring that, all right, he can be more than just that bruiser guy. Uh, I I think Saturday's practice kind of hinted at that might be uh, what his upside can be. Patrick, Blake Wesley, three Irish women's basketball players in the transfer portal. Updates on Dante Moore. This is a pretty good opportunity for people to join the Blue and Gold family. Oh, no question. Yeah, dollar for a year at blueandgold.com. We've got all your spring practice coverage, all the recruiting as far as, yeah, big uh, week here for Dante Moore, the five-star quarterback visiting. Our recruiting reporter, Mike Singer, has had that covered all week and yeah well as basketball continues to unfold with these roster decisions we'll uh, we'll be on that as well so blueandgold.com you can subscribe for a dollar for your first year patrick good to catch up with you thank you so much for your time we'll talk to you soon soon thank you darren great as always that's patrick engel notre dame football writer men's basketball writer blue and gold illustrated blueandgold.com we are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast augie's locker room Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.